where I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 11 of season 2 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The director of scouting for TSN will be along shortly where the stars of discovered or stars of tomorrow rather are discovered here. Thank you very much for uh, joining me. My name is Dean Millard. Uh, apologize for not having a show last week. I was uh, definitely under the weather, but back at it uh, this week and uh, certainly a lot to talk about uh, with Craig. We're going to discuss the future of the uh, 2021 and 2022 drafts and the the kind of the discussion that's out there right now with those two things. Uh, we're also going to focus on uh, three different players. There's a Michigan uh, and American connection with this one. Surprise, surprise for Craig. And we're going to discuss some of the moves in the uh, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, part of the UFFS platform. And uh, thanks to Craig's uh, recommendations, my Duckman's Domination team, over the shoulder there, I uh, was able to build for the future. Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. It is the most realistic fantasy platform out there. Uh, the ultimate fantasy hockey league under that umbrella mimics nearly everything about the NHL, right down to a scouting platform. You can scout the same player and players that Craig Button does and all the other NHL scouts out there. Then, when they're up for auction, you get the proceeds or you can sell directly to teams if they pass through the bidding. So it's an opportunity to put your scouting knowledge to work, make some cash and be a part of uh, an amazing platform. We also have the UFAHL where we're mimicking the American Hockey League. And by the way, if you are looking to be a GM of an AHL team, I have one looking for a GM to run my franchise. Uh, hit me up uh, at trackingthedraft at gmail.com and we can discuss if you are interested in being an American Hockey League GM in this platform. All right, so there's where you can uh, find out more information at www.uffsports.com and get in the game where you own the game. And with that, let's bring in the Director of Scouting, from TSN. Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. He's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button.
Craig, there is a, a lot of conversation going on right now about the future of the 2021 draft. Um, if the rumors are true, it could be pushed back a year. There could be a combined draft. There could be two different drafts. I guess kind of what are you hearing and what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are really clear. And I, 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 I for one, have been one that, have, that has been advocating for uh, the draft to be rolled into 2022. The players simply haven't had an opportunity to display uh, their talents, their potential. You know, often, Dean, we hear about, oh, the, the draft is a crapshoot. Okay, well, let's just follow along that, right? So, you know, there's you're, you're, you're taking 17 and 18-year-old players. You're trying to project them, uh, you know, when they're, when, they're, when they're physically mature, mentally and emotionally mature, which is at around the ages of 21 and 22. So when you're watching players for a long period of time and you got a real, it can really zero in on players and you know who's in the draft and, and, and people still say it's a crapshoot in the draft, well, now you haven't had a chance to watch them. You haven't had a chance to watch them since last March. And, and, and the, the development and progression that players exhibit over a period of time, and I'm talking month to month, three months span to, into another three months, six months spans. It's significant at this age, and, and, and it really is important for evaluation. So what I say, and I've said this to a number of NHL teams, why would you add, to, why would you add greater uncertainty to the draft uh, by, by having a draft? To me, 1979, they rolled a bunch of drafts into one. They, didn't, they hadn't gone without a draft, so that would be very different. But, but I think this is the right thing to do, personally. I think that roll the draft into two and, and maybe expand it. Maybe you have a big draft and it's 12, it's 12 rounds. Maybe you, you – you, and, and again – there's lots of opportunity to discuss how it can work. You, you, you can look at it with respect to, okay, we're going to take the 2021 eligible players, and, and that's going to be one draft in June of 2022. And then we're going to have a 2022 draft with the players eligible for that draft where, where everybody's had an opportunity to watch. You don't even have to roll it in. This is just one uh, of what I, I am sure can be a lot of different ideas that are good that benefit the NHL team, to benefit the players. There's a lot of angst going on now with players about where they're at. But, but the impact also is, you know, a lot of players, there's been like a backlog. And, and you know, we've seen the NCAA ice hockey. They're going to give players an extra year of eligibility. Well, well, guess what? What does that mean for incoming players? You only have so many scholarships. You only have so many spots for your players to play. So if you're giving all your your your, your senior players another year of eligibility to come back, well, let's say 80% of them come back and play. Well, that means that you're going to have a, a log jam of players coming in. And, 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 that, and that's no different for junior hockey. It's no different for the European leagues. It's no different for midget or the Bantam draft. So I think that... Uh, you know, postponing it, delaying it, you know, pushing it back would, would benefit everybody. And I think that uh, I'm a huge advocate for it. And you're going to hear me speak more and more on it. I've been speaking about it since, uh, since September and October when it was pretty clear that, you know, the seasons weren't going to get underway. And, you know, like, I mean, we're, it's January 20th. It's January 20th when we're talking here today, Dean. Okay. WHL hasn't played a game. They're talking about playing 24 games really to try to get the players playing. No championship, right? Yeah. It's all going to be, you know, but like 
Saskatchewan isn't open. Manitoba isn't open. Like, you know, so we're looking at a lot. Quebec wanted to open while well, the Maritime Division now, they're not playing. Yeah. You know, there's too many challenges. So I, I just think that for the benefit of all, to, for the greater benefit of all, postponing the draft, moving it back would be the best thing that could happen. Well, and I think there's there's some side benefits to all this too. Is uh, you know, on one hand, everybody likes to say, "How would this player go in this draft?" and and comparisons. And I know you hate doing that, but if you combine the draft, that's essentially what you you would be doing. But the other the idea that I love is possibly you know grabbing two weekends in the summer for the NHL and having a 2021 draft one weekend, a 2022 draft the next weekend. You're still making noise. The NHL is getting some attention. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're scouting the 2021 players, you're also watching some of the players for 2022 at the same time in a normal year and scouts can just kind of double down on those two years and you have two back-to-back big weekends. I think that would be the best solution. I, I, I don't know about what you think about back-to-back or combining, but that would be give the NHL some nice, uh, summer attention. Like I said, there's, there's, there's really smart people. And you are one of them, and you just demonstrated it. No, but those, those are the great ideas that we can generate. You know, people say, oh, it's an event. Yeah, I know it's an event. I'm not saying cancel the event. I'm saying postpone the event, mm-hmm. you know. And with the pandemic, it forces us into very different uh, frames of mind. And, and you know, what we could do with no pandemic is very different than what we can do with a pandemic. We have to recognize that and adjust accordingly. Flexibility, you know, being being understanding that, yeah, this is what is ideal, but it's not realistic at this point in time. And and that's where I think so. And, and you're right, Dean, I, I don't do cross drafts. I, I just I just I, I just don't like to do it. But you know, that would be an opportunity to force me into something that uh, mm-hmm. would, would now become, you have to, you would have to do it if you combine drafts. But if you don't, I don't have to. But I, I, I think the key thing that you point out is it doesn't mean that you can't have uh, the draft, uh, you know, unfold and have the suspense and everything. Just look at it and doing it in a different way. I, I think your idea is fantastic. Yeah, you could do it in the same city. You could do it in back-to-back cities. You could do it in riot, yes, like yeah. one in Calgary, one in Edmonton. Like, there's a lot of opportunities to be able to do uh, some of those yeah. things. And and for some of the players, Craig, this extra year is going to be a real benefit for him. For one of the guys we're talking about, Luke Hughes, he was going to go pretty high uh, anyway. He doesn't need the extra time. The family is well-known as well. And this is a defenseman uh, for the U.S. National Development Program in the USHL going to Michigan next year and uh, is going to be a high pick no matter when the draft is held. No question about it. And, and, and why is he going to be a high pick? Because he's got high potential. That, you know, and to me, Luke, Luke is like we see Jack. I mean, Jack's a dynamic highly skilled centerman that, that, that has that has top end uh, offensive talents. Quinn is, is a brilliant uh, you know offensive defenseman that can that can generate so many different opportunities for a team and, and Luke is it, it, he's not that dynamic offensive defenseman he's not that you know end to end you know player with flair like like his brother Jack but, but what Luke has is is a great brain. He has a great brain for the game. He's he's a great competitor. And his abilities to impact the game with his skating, with his puck skills. And, and one of the things that I am seeing from Luke that 
I, I'm not going to say I wasn't sure he had them, but he's certainly demonstrating that he does have them, is that he, he's got more offensive capabilities than maybe I gave him credit for. And so that pushes you up uh, with respect to potential. I always saw Luke as a, as, a, as a defenseman that was clearly a top pair defenseman. He might be putting himself into that category of potential to be a number one defenseman in a different way than Quinn. And, 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 and I think it's important to, to differentiate between the two because Luke's bigger. He, he, he's, he's a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more of a physical uh, 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 bent to his game in terms of playing defense and, you, you know, pushing uh, opponents out of, out of their space and really, you know, ha ha having that physical uh, advantage. You know, Quinn just gets in on you with the leverage, takes the puck, and he's gone. Luke does it in a different way. Each of them are very effective, but I think Luke might have a, a, a lot more potential as a number one than just a top pair. And, you know, it's kind of cliche when you talk about hockey families. Can, can I add one thing to that, too? Sure can, yeah. He is, he is showing me more offensive ability at this stage than Jake Sanderson did. Oh, Jake Sanderson went fifth overall. I'm still not, I'm still like, like I had no doubt that Jake was going to be a top pair defenseman. I'm not, I wasn't so sure. Still, I'm not sure that he has what, what it, you know, the potential is number one with the offense. You know, like, you know, the, you, you watch, it's not static. I think Luke's got more advanced offensive uh, ability at this stage than Jake did. Well, and, so, and I, so that's so I'm comparing a fifth overall pick to a guy yeah. that I think has high potential, <laughs> and 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 a guy who um, where I was going was that that competitiveness that that he probably has. It's kind of cliche. You grow up in a hockey family, but he literally would have been battling on the ice, and you know he gets to see one of his brothers in one style and one of the other, and kind of maybe takes a little bit of of both of them to to become you know kind of a hybrid. Well, and you know what I love about that too, how you describe that? I, I, I think that's exactly what Luke has been able to do. I, I think that Luke is really comfortable being who he is, you know, but, you know, when you get to go on the ODR and, you know, the, I mean, that's a big part of the, of, of the Hughes, uh, you know, development and, and, and background. They went on the ODR and they had all their friends and they played and everything. Well, Luke's younger than Jack and Quinn, and Jack and Quinn have their friends over. Well, Luke wants to play. Well, you're playing against players that are older. you you, you got to find a way to, to do things that you're capable of and, and do the things that best suit your attributes and skills. And I think Luke does that. I think he's never tried to be, in my view, something that he isn't. He's, not, he's never tried to beat Quinn. He's never tried to beat Jack. He's just been – and he's a good player. He's a really good player. Looking forward to his development. All right, let's move on yeah, to uh, yeah. Matt Beneers. And, and and Luke, we said, is going to uh, Michigan. Matt Beneers is at Michigan. So I'm, I'm starting to see this, this is little a Michigan, Michigan theme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, well uh, Mackie Samoskovich is going to Michigan too. Just so exactly, that, yeah. Uh, it's a gold blue day. Yeah, I'm not surprised, Craig. I'm really not surprised. It would be like me if we did an all-week king show or something like that. There right? we but, go. <laughs> but I, I love the theme, and I love the start for Matt Beneers already at Michigan oh. as as a freshman. Uh, you know, tell me about what he's doing. <laughs> well, you know, again, I've watched Maddie play for a few years now, and this is, uh, you know, just another just another example of when we start talking about the draft, how players develop and how they expand their game and how they develop other areas of their game. And, and, and they, they're able to exhibit those talents that give NHL scouts a real opportunity to say, 
geez, this is what we see, and this is what we value, and this is a player we want. And, and I've absolutely seen that with, with, with Matt. And, you know, it's not just at Michigan where he looked incredibly comfortable from the first shift of his collegiate career, but watching him at the World Junior Tournament, and we're talking about a best-on-best -best tournament in your age group. Yeah. I'm telling you what, Matt Beniers. Matt Beniers was not, you know, a lot of, like, you know, talking about draft eligible players at the world junior championships. He was one of the, he was, he was a very good player amongst every single player at the world junior championships. He is a very good player for Michigan amongst all players at Michigan and in the NCAA. I, I watch him play and you watch what he does in the game. He, he, he is a Mr. Everything. There is nothing on the, in the game that he cannot excel at. There is no situation in the game where the coach doesn't have his chest puffed out feeling that I have the right player on the ice that is going to contribute in some way, shape, or form. I, I, I just, he, he, he is complete. He is a complete player. He, like, you know, we talk about Luke Hughes and his older brother, Jack, who's having a fantastic start to his sophomore season. I'm not surprised, right? He, he's not a Jack Hughes type player, but what he is, is, is that complete player, that player that makes teams better, that gets the best out of his line mates, that gets the best out of himself, that meets the challenges, that overcomes the obstacles. I mean, like if I had to sit here and say, okay, what would be the one outstanding attribute that Matt Beneers has? I don't know if I could say one is better than the other. But what I can say is when you put them all together, you get this package of completeness. And centermen like, like Matt Beneers are incredibly, incredibly valuable to success at any level. And certainly at the NHL level, I, I, I see a player that's going to be a, a really important player whatever team drafts him. Like, there's no question in my mind he's a, he's a top five. Well, let me step back. There's no question in my mind He's a top three player. I have mm. him in the top three. Wow, that's that's amazing. And, uh, it, you know, when you have a guy that can score, like he can obviously do, and you can throw him out in any kind of defensive or any kind of situation, there's always that potential and threat of him creating offense through his complete play, his defensive play, and, you know, Sidney Crosby, those type of players when you, and I'm not saying he's Sidney Crosby, but that type of guy where you put him out there you know he can, might be able to generate offense, even though he's uh, you know uh, in a, in a defensive role because of that completeness. Yeah, well, I I think your description of him is is perfect, and you know, and I would add one more thing about it. it. It's not that you hope for offense; he will provide offense because he can take advantage because he's so good in every area that like when he's playing defense. He's focused in on playing defense, but it doesn't stop at defense. It, it, it continues on. There's a transition within his game where, okay, I'm, I'm playing in this, but now I'm quickly going to uh, transition to offense. Or I'm on offense and I'm going to quickly transition to defense. I mean, that in and of itself is a great skill. And he, he, he also has this mindset of, I'm going to exploit you. I'm going to take advantage of you. You think you're getting an offensive chance? That's great. And you think you might be able to get an upper hand on me? No, you're not. I got the. He, he goes in with the idea that I already have the upper hand, and I'm going to show you. There's, like I said, 
there's not one area of the game that I don't see him being able to excel in. That's wonderful. Uh, looking forward to his development. And Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. It's the ultimate franchise fantasy sports platform. And in that platform, we have the ultimate fantasy hockey league, where, of course, Duckman's domination is a part of. You can be an owner. We have an expansion team coming up, just like the NHL. And obviously, scouting is the lifeblood of this entire platform. Any free agent goes through a scout. So you can get in the game. You can scout the same players that Craig does put your knowledge to good use you can make some cash on the side and be in the platform hit him up on twitter at uff sports it's the ultimate fantasy hockey league and uh, craig thanks to uh your advice as part of uh, high level scouting and duckman's domination we were able to uh continue our reload um we picked up i'll tell you these players that that you recommended that we were able to go out and get ryan francis matthew robertson Henry Thrun, uh, Hunter Jones. We also picked up a first-round pick and a second-round pick in 2023. You know our mandate is to build for the future. When you when you hear these names, what sort of players do you see? Is, you know, is there a potential game breaker? Are these just really really solid players? What do you think of when you when you when you see the names that we picked up over the last little bit? Well, uh, uh, teams are made up of different, uh, all, all different types of players, right? And, you know, if you have only one type of player, you're really going to be able to have success playing uh, one type of game. And we, we know that in, the, in, in hockey, uh, it, there's not one type of game uh, that's played all the time. So if you, don't, if you can't be adaptable and you can't be flexible in terms of uh, the different challenges that are going to be thrown your way with, within a game, within a season, you're not going to be successful. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, I'm a, there's three things, Dean, that I really focus in on when, when I'm scouting that, that I think are essential to, to, to success. Skating, and, and every type of player is going to have a different uh, emphasis on skating. A defensive defenseman, his skating evaluation is going to be different than a scoring winger who has to be able to dart or open up ice. So, so but skating for everybody is is, is essential. Goaltenders, defensemen, forwards, all types. Secondly, like IQ, your sense for the game, your understanding of, of how to play the game. How, you hear me talk a lot of time, you know, Overcoming the obstacles, meeting the challenges, finding a way to solve problems that are being presented to you in the course of a game. If you're not smart, you're never going to be able to get past that. And if you're not smart, you're never going to be a good player. That doesn't mean you can't play. It just means you're never going to be a good player. There's no, there's never been a good player that wasn't smart. Never happened. Not in any sport. It can't. And number three, ultimately, the, the, the best players, the greatest players are all highly competitive. And if you don't have those three elements uh, in order, now everybody's different. I'm not saying everybody has to be at the same level, but if you're lacking in one of those three areas, from my point of view, you better be really good in the other two areas because you, you're already falling behind. And so let's talk about IQ. So if you got just okay or, or decent hockey sense, right? But you're an excellent skater and you're an excellent competitor, you're gonna find a way to, to be a contributor. You're not going to be a frontline player because you can't. Like I said, the, there's no way you can be a frontline player if you don't have hockey sense in any sport and uh, uh, or, or IQ. Now you extend it to other parts, Dean. And like, so yeah, when, when you have the hands and, and the puck skills of Mayor Lemieux, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're going to be a superstar. You're going to be one of the best players that ever played. When you have the skating ability 
of Connor McDavid, you're going to be a superstar. That separates you, right? Like, and so that puts you in. But so when I look at scouting and I look at players, those three elements, you know, are, are necessary elements for good. So when I look at all those players, like, are, are all of them the greatest skaters? Are all of them the, uh, the, the smartest player, the best puck skills? Not necessarily, but they all have those elements of sense, competitiveness, and skating in their respective games. Therefore, you have a chance for success. Therefore, you're setting up your team for success. Indeed. And, you know, I've been in a lot of fantasy leagues before where you're just drafting or trading for a player based on points. In this, we mimic almost everything with the NHL. So I'm not saying I'm like what you were as an NHL GM, but I have to worry about the cap. I have to worry about no movement clauses that players have. I have to worry about, is this guy going to be waiver exempt, which gives me more flexibility? It's amazing that, you know, you're, you're kind of putting yourself in the mindset with our platform in that of an NHL GM that you're not just worried about the points you're worried about the future and the and the present you, you know and you have to, as a nhl gm you have to keep an eye on both of those things absolutely you do and i mean it's, it's a puzzle my wife got a 1500 piece puzzle for christmas she loves doing puzzles and i can tell you when she started doing the puzzle uh it was very interesting to watch her try to you know it's obviously you know you get the corners right you get the corners covered yeah. you get certain areas and now it becomes challenging what fits here how does that fit and everything it's no different than being an NHL general manager and, you know, everything that goes into it. And, but, but, but Dean, let me tell you this. If you don't make the proper evaluations on players, I don't care how great your command of, of CBA is. I don't care how great your, your, your understanding of cap management is. I don't care how great a negotiator you are. I don't care how great a coach you are. It doesn't matter if you don't evaluate right. It doesn't, if you're not evaluating the players in the proper light and doing it accurately time after time after time, you can be the greatest in those other things, not going to make one bit of difference. And guess what? There's not ever anybody that's going to hold on to a job uh, because they had great cap management. It's going to be because their cap management worked hand in hand with, with good coaching, good player evaluation, good development, good scouting, everything that goes with it. All right, let's evaluate one last player. Uh, surprise, surprise, another Michigan tie, Matthew <laughs> Samuskiewicz. Uh, and the thing that I think Mackie, I love... Mackie, oh, Mackie, Mackie oh, S- Oh, Mackie, sorry about that. The thing I love about uh, this path is the programs. Shattuck St. Mary, Chicago <laughs> Steel, Michigan, all really, really good programs. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it shows that this player is, is taking a really good path to get there. I feel cheated. I'm going to tell you this. I feel really cheated. I feel cheated in this respect. The Chicago Steel with Ryan Hardy as the GM is one of the, the, to to me, has some equals in in junior hockey around the world. They they have nobody that's better than them. There's, like I said, they have some equals. And and we know, we know where they are, but but there's nobody better than Chicago. And and they run a great program. And I, I, I have seen development of their players for so long for so many different so many different players for so over so many years and you know Mackey would have been at the world junior a challenge this year representing the usa so he would have had a chance to play an, another level up and, and challenge himself which is which is always a great 
opportunity to evaluate players for their potential. But you know that he's getting great development time. I, I've been able to watch some of the games uh, on video and online, so that's helped me, you know, have a feel for Mackey and, you know, understand where he's at. And, you know, like I have seen him live in, 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 the pre, in previous years. But, you know, really being able to get that feel for that's where I feel robbed. But he's a good player. He's a talented player. The other thing that's that's really impressive about him, he, he he's a confident player. He he goes out on the ice, and I think this is a big part of the Chicago Steel program. You're, go and be who you are. We're not we don't want to stifle you. We want to help you grow. It's like watering a plant and then watching it bloom. And I think that with so many different players that have come through the Chicago Steel program, that is the case. Now, you have top-end players, Owen Power, who played there for two years at the University of Michigan. You have Mackey there that's now doing the same type of thing, but it, it, it extends to Brendan Brisson. It, ex it, it, it extends to uh, Gunnar Wolf-Fontaine. It extends to Luke Reed. I mean, everything that, that they do with their program allows those players to blossom. And when you have, uh, you, you know, excellent puck skills and an excellent mind for the game and, you know, he attacks and, and, and he's not just a shooter, he, he makes plays. And those types of players are, the way the game is played at, at speed and intelligently and competitively, I, I, I think Mackey fits all those areas really, really well. Well, and whether we're going to be watching him get drafted uh, in this year yeah. or next year, we're not sure, but we do know he's a quality player. Thanks so much, Craig, as always, and we'll chat next week. We will. Thanks, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got to win it. UFFS, you own the game. That was fun stuff with Craig, and um, obviously he loves uh, his Wolverines, and that Michigan area is is a great, great hockey area. Um, you know, I, I, we we like to think, of course, in Canada, we there are some people like to think uh, Canadians uh, own the game of hockey for some reason, but uh, there are great pockets of hockey spread all around the world, and Michigan is one of them. Maybe we will have to get a uh, a Wee King, um, a flavored uh, a themed. Uh, uh, prospect list at some point with Craig for sure. So, and we'll also be doing Craig's council as we move through, especially if we don't have a 2021 draft to talk about this year. That's where Craig will provide some scouting tips and tell some stories. He's got a lot of them, and you can be a part of it. Just send me an email, tracking the draft at gmail.com. And if you'd also like to get, uh, be, a, be involved in the show, uh, pardon me. Uh, hit me up with that email as well, and uh, we can talk about being a partner on Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know. Subscribe, uh, hit the uh, little bell. You'll get a ding every time uh, we put out an episode. And if you're listening and you want to check us out on uh, TV, on the video, uh, check, out, check us out at Podcast Alley 
on YouTube. You can also check out podcastalley.ca for some more great shows that I have on the go. All right, that is going to wrap things up for another episode. Big thanks to Craig Button for providing us his passion, his knowledge, and more importantly, his time uh, to be a part of this show. We'll have another episode next week where we focus on a few more players and what's going on around the junior and college ranks. Thank you so much for joining me on Tracking the Draft. For Craig Button, I'm Dean Millard. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here.